the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to the Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Sharesh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently, we are serving in Wesley Chapel, Tampa, St. Pete, and our newest location, South Bay in Riverview, along with Conexion, our Spanish-speaking congregation in Tampa. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 and 910 WTBN, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Let us pray together. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you. We are rejoicing in you. You have brought us so many gifts, so many wonderful things as we look at the heaven and the earth, as we look at the sea and the dry land, as we look at the things that you've given us to make things out of, O oh Lord, we just appreciate your creation. We, pre- uh, we appreciate who you are. We appreciate, O oh Lord, that you've called us. And we declare our love and dedication to you this day as we rejoice in you. Blessed are you, O oh Lord, our God, King of the universe. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, well, we are really getting into a countdown, aren't we? Uh, countdown of elections. <laughs> uh, but we're not talking about that today, are we? No, we're not. Uh, but I'm praying that you are going to vote, right? But, uh, you know, we've completed the fall feast, these appointed times And so for a last quick summary, let me just say this. For Rosh Hashanah, we reflected as we got quiet before the Lord. We recognized our sins, not somebody else's, but ours. (laughs) We repented of our sins. And then came Yom Kippur. We were redeemed. In other words, our sins were atoned for and we were forgiven So we were reconciled or brought close to God and to man, and we received God's love and his mercy. And on Sukkot, we rejoiced in the Lord, and we remembered the Lord, and we are willing to retell about the Lord's love. And this is Sukkot, and also Shemini Atzeret, which is the eighth day. And we also, uh, as I mentioned last week, celebrated Simchat Torah, which is a traditional holy day, so to speak. Um, 
And that means rejoice in the Torah or rejoice in the law, rejoice in instruction. We rolled back the Torah to Genesis from Deuteronomy and uh, had a great service. Uh, It's just, I love the season, and I'm so sorry it's over because there, there is a greater excitement, I think, about the Lord at this time. And and so, um, but it shouldn't be that way. We should be excited all the time, right? Right. We should be renewed, refreshed, and revived. Amen? <laughs> and um, let me just mention that I have a couple things that I'd be happy to send to you, email to you. One is a link about the readings of the parsha or the portion for every weekend. And the other is a link giving you a Bible reading for a year. So if you want to read the whole Bible in a year, um, this would be that link. Okay? So email me. We'd love to uh, hear from you anyway. You can email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org, or you can call Karen at 813-831-831. Five six seven three. Now, look, we need the kind of revival that I've been talking about in our lives because this election cycle has been so ugly. <laughs> and so I'm offering you also a couple opportunities to deal with the elections on a neutral basis and have great joy because of it. You will not have to listen to any of this garbage on the TV the radio, or read about it. But you can read things that will really help you make a decision. First, you can go to a particular website. I'll send you the email, uh, uh, the link for it. You fill in your beliefs and it, just by checking them. In other words, it gives you choices. And then you, it, it will tell you which candidate believes the most like you believe. So that's easy because you don't have to worry about anybody else, what they say or anything. It's a great link. And secondly, uh, a link to direct quotes from the Democratic and Republican platforms. Again, so you don't have to listen to me or anybody else, but you find out what their heart is on subjects that biblically should be close to our hearts. So here are the words that we researched. God, faith. Religion, abortion, Israel, and Christian. So we took the platforms for both the Democrats and the Republicans, did a search for those words, and all you're going to be getting is what they say about those words. Got it? Great, great way to understand the heart of both parties. This is an important election. Please vote. It's your God given right, freedom, and responsibility. But I told you that today we're talking about rejoicing. So understand that in Leviticus 2340, God says to rejoice during the time of Sukkot. But based on the fact that our life should mirror the sequence of fall feasts, at the end, we are to rejoice at all times, right? We're, we are able we are able and commanded to rejoice. So one of my favorite scriptures is Philippians 4, 4 through 8. You probably know that already. Let's look at it so that we not only realize that it is a command, but it also tells us how we are to accomplish rejoicing. 
You know, it's hard to rejoice given all the circumstances that we're dealing with in our lives, right? Yeah. The summary of what we need to do about rejoicing is only two things. Number one, make a choice to rejoice. Make it a choice. I know you're going through a lot of stuff, but make it a choice to rejoice. Number two, make a habit of that choice. In other words, practice it. You know, we don't get perfect at things unless we practice. If you're not going to practice, it won't happen. So practice. So I had a, that choice at services uh, a week or so ago. Uh, I walked in and our attendance was low. Our PowerPoint ended up being incorrect. People were making mistakes in the liturgy. Uh, there was a baby screaming. And there are things going on, honestly, in my life and the life of my family that are making things a little difficult. And it was kind of funny. One of the uh, one of the people in our congregation came up to me afterwards and said, you know, I'm pretty amazed because in the message I said uh, that I had an opportunity to rejoice and I chose that over looking at all the mistakes and problems. And he said, that's funny because when I he had said to his wife that it looked like I was not allowing anything to bother me. And so I thought, wow, what a great testimony that he saw that in me. I thought that was so cool. And uh, so I was able to focus on God and his goodness and his faithfulness and not focus on the things that I mentioned and some of the things I didn't mention. (laughs) So Philippians 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness, gentleness be known to all people. The Lord is near. Be anxious about nothing, right? Don't be anxious, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the shalom, or the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Messiah Yeshua. So develop the habit of rejoicing in the Lord. Develop the habit habit of being gentle, (laughs) Develop the habit of knowing that Yeshua is near at all times. Develop the habit of praying with thanksgiving. Not just a prayer list of your wants, but thank the Lord continuously for what he is and has done. And finally, receive the peace that God wants you to have That is going to be key to rejoicing, that you have peace. And then in verse 8 of Philippians 4, it says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, if there's any virtue, if there's anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. I love the word dwell. I've said this before. Dwell means to live there. So your thoughts need to live in a positive place Thinking about excellent, thinking about virtue, thinking about what's true and pure and just and lovely and commendable. This is where our mind needs to be. Anger and frustration are bad for you (laughs) because they cause you to dwell on the negative instead of the sovereignty of God in your life. So whatever you're angry at, whatever you're frustrated at, It causes you more problems 
than the people it's aimed at. So consider that for a moment. You are hurting yourself. How to get over it? Well, there are lots of ways. I love Hebrews 33, uh, 1033, excuse me. Uh, Sometimes you were publicly exposed to abuses and afflictions, and other times you became partners with those who were treated this way. Verse 34, for you suffered along with the prisoners and joyful and joyfully accepted the plundering of your possessions. Let me read that part again. For you suffered along with the prisoners and joyfully accepted the plundering of your possessions, knowing that you have for yourselves a better and lasting possession. Therefore, do not lose your boldness which has great reward. Do you see what happens? If you were to be angry, you would lose your boldness. You would lose your joy. You would not be sharing, and you would lose a great reward. Secondly, you are to suffer joyfully. Now, they lost their possessions, but they knew they had better and more lasting possessions stored up for themselves. If you can focus on the good things that God has for you, even if you're not going through them this second, it will take you through the bad things joyfully. It happened in Hebrews. Read it for yourself, Hebrews 10, 33 to 35. Or how about Acts 5? They took his advice. This is verse 40. Called in the emissaries or the apostles. They flogged them. In other words, they whipped them. Ordered them not to continue speaking in the name of Yeshua and let them go. So they left the presence of the Sanhedrin, the apostles did, rejoicing that they were considered worthy to be dishonored on account of his name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming Yeshua as the Messiah. That's an amazing thing, wouldn't you say? They had a habit of rejoicing in the Lord. They rejoiced even after they received a whipping. They were able to continue to proclaim Yeshua because they were rejoicing. They could have concentrated on their unfair treatment. They could have complained and said, oh, no, this happened again to us. And boy, does it hurt. But they rejoiced and they proclaimed. Are you getting a pattern here? Right? If you want to be successful in ministry, you have to do what it says in Proverbs, overlook an offense. Because it's going to be to your glory to overlook an offense. This is going to allow you to be joyful. Isaiah 65, 18. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. So this is God speaking to you. All right, let me read it again. But be glad and rejoice forever in whatever I am creating. For behold, I'm creating Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for joy. Now, I believe at this point it was being spoken specifically to the city of Jerusalem and to the people of Jerusalem, the people who were Jews or Israelites. And so uh, and so this is causing God to—he uh, made the Jerusalem and, and the Israelites for joy. 
<laughs> and in verse 19, it says, Then I will, meaning God, will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No longer will the voice of weeping or the voice of crying be heard in her. So God is saying that he's going to rejoice in Jerusalem. He's going to rejoice and be glad in his people. Uh, he's saying he's going to rejoice in his creation, Jerusalem, for rejoicing, the people of Israel for joy. God will rejoice. And it says in Nehemiah 8, and you know this scripture, it says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Well, you can see that two different ways. You can say kind of the joy in the Lord. In other words, if you're in the Lord, you're going to have strength, the joy. Or you can say God's joy (laughs) gives us strength. When he's happy, we're happy. (laughs) So God uh, rejoices in us when we follow him. When he re- he rejoices, we have strength. So if we follow him, we will have strength. Okay? Zephaniah 3.14, Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O Israel. Rejoice and exalt wholeheartedly, O daughter of Jerusalem. There's a pattern developing here too, isn't there? Verse 17, Adonai, the Lord, is your God, and he is in your midst, a mighty Savior. He will, listen to this, this this is great. He will delight over you with joy. He will quiet you with his love, and he will dance for joy over you with singing. Picture this. Close your eyes, everybody. He will delight over you with joy. Okay, that's good. He will quiet you with his love. Okay, you feeling it yet? If you're not, listen to this one. God will dance for joy over you with singing. He's going to dance and he's going to sing over you. He is rejoicing in you. You know, we always talk about rejoicing in him. But understand, he is rejoicing in you. He's modeling this for us. It's an amazing thing. God gives us reasons to rejoice. God gives us commandments to rejoice. God gives us a way to rejoice as he tells us to develop positive habits. You know, Nehemiah gave the theory of joy. Picture this thought. You know, until they prepared the feast and actually sat down to taste the food, they had no idea how good the feast would be, right? Until they tasted the drinks, they had no concept of how delightful that would be, right? And as they followed the instructions to celebrate, they got the hang of these songs, you know, the worship and praise songs. They realized that the Levites weren't kidding, that the day really was meant for celebration. They were practicing joy. The Levites gave the command to be joyful, but until the people actually went away and practiced it, they did not know what it was. Will you practice it with your spouse, with your children, with your co-workers? If you can practice joy in the midst of lean and tough times, you will move quickly from surviving to thriving. Ooh, how many want to move from surviving to thriving? Okay, well, then we've got to practice joy. Do you realize what Psalm 1611 says? You make known to me the path of life. So the, the, the writer of the psalm is saying, God, you are showing me 
the path that I should take, the path. So what is the path? Okay, it says, abundance of joys are in your presence. Eternal pleasures are at your right hand. God's path of life means that if we're in his presence, we're going to have abundance of joy. And if we're sitting at his right hand, and I don't mean physically at his right hand, but if we're near him, we're going to have eternal pleasures. Do you see the, the heart of Messiah is about rejoicing? It's about rejoicing. Luke 15:10 In the same way I tell you there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents See there's even joy in heaven with the angels they're rejoicing Acts 16:33 and 34 Well let's start with 32 Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him along with everyone in his household He took them that very hour and washed their wounds, and at once he was immersed. And he and his household, the jailer brought them to his house and set food before them. And he was overjoyed that he, with his entire household, had their trust in God. Salvation brings great joy. Salvation brings great joy. So I just want to explain to you that Psalm 16:9 therefore my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices my flesh also dwells secure when I'm rejoicing I feel security you know Psalm 118:24 this is the day the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it recognize the creator rejoice in his creation Isaiah 55:12 you shall go out with joy and be led forth in peace the mountains and the hills will break uh, will before you break into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands And finally, let me, well, not finally, but Romans 15, 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in trusting so you may overflow with hope in the power of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. There are two aspects of joy. You need hope and you need to trust God and you will have great joy. That's the key in Romans 15, 13 to joy, hope and trust. Reminds me of 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you don't see him now, you trust him and are filled with a joy that is glorious beyond words. Reviving the, oh, I'm sorry, receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Doesn't that encourage you? And in James, consider it all joy. My brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and endurance have its perfect work so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Or Colossians 1, 11, we pray that you may be strengthened with all the power that comes from his glorious might. For you, uh, for you too, have all kinds of patience and steadfastness. With joy, we give thanks to the Father who qualified you to share in the inheritance of the Holy Ones, the light. 
He rescued you from the domain of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son whom he loves, in whom we have redemption, the release of sins. Are you excited and having joy yet? We're out of time. That won't give you joy. I hope not. (laughs) Regardless of how the election turns out, let's have joy. Email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. Call 813-831-5673 and know that I will send you out immediately the links to make your election decisions easier. This is an important election. Please vote. It's your God-given right, freedom, and responsibility. I pray that this broadcast touched your heart and that we will talk again next week as you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close with a word of prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach. Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.